Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin and Satan, which leads to death. Okay, I'll choose that. No, you wouldn't. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you want to pay. It's a fact that all people are slaves. People are either slaves to sin or slaves to the Lord Jesus Christ. People who have not repented of their sins and believe the gospel are slaves to sin. People who have repented of their sins and believe the gospel are slaves to the Lord Jesus Christ, but can live as slaves of sin if they choose to. When we obey sin, the consequences of our actions lead to death. Death of relationships, emotions, and our physical body. Are you a slave to sin? Have you believed the gospel but are living as a slave to sin? Pastor Mark will offer us a way to break free from this bondage. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, for our continuing study entitled, God's Solutions to Satan's Schemes. Joshua wrote this. Watch what Joshua wrote. Old Testament Joshua 1.8. All our campuses. Study the book of instruction continually. What is that? It's the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. In other words, think about the word. Have your private devotions. Meditate on it day and night. Make sure it kind of works in your life. Now meditate it on it day and night so you'll be very smart. No, meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey the things that you like and the things you don't like, you just kind of put to the side. No, meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Well, why do we teach the whole word? So you'll know everything that's written in it. Then, look at the promise, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Why does Satan come against that? What does he offer instead? Power, possessions, pleasure, and position. None of them being satisfaction. Only a relationship with God brings prosperity and success in our life. So Satan is trying to keep us from that. Now, what does he lie about that? Turn with me back up near First John, but a little past it. For, uh, first Peter, First Peter 5, 8. First Peter 5, 8. Turn right there. In your Bibles, you'll see where it is. As you turn there, it's like a, a, a one book, or it's actually three books before John, first John. Just turn there. Peter one day, he was walking with Jesus, and Jesus turned to Peter and he said this, Peter, Satan wants you 
Peter said, what? He, he wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to destroy you. Peter was clueless. But Jesus said this. You'll need to understand. Jesus said, it's not going to happen, Peter, because I prayed for you. I prayed for you. So what does Peter know about Satan? He didn't know it then, but he knew it later in his life as he wrote. Watch what he writes in verse chapter 5, verse 8. Look what Peter says to you and I as Christians. Be self-controlled and alert. Notice how personal this is. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We see the goal. Steal, kill, and destroy. So I want you to write this down this morning. Every Christ follower is tempted and tempted often. Every Christ follower is tempted and tempted often. You see, every day you and I face three enemies. My old flesh, the world system, and as Peter says, a personal enemy. Satan has one goal with all of those. To tempt us, not just to tempt us, but to tempt us to sin. You and I will never, ever be immune to temptation. As long as you're living, you'll be tempted. Would you just turn to your neighbor with a nice smile and say, I'll never be immune to temptation. <laughs> just go and tell them at all our campuses. Come on, come on, tell them next to you. Don't just sit there and look at me. Tell them next to you. I'll never be immune to temptation. Pastor Mark, thanks for the message. Yes, that is the end. Have a good night. <laughs> no. So if I'm not going to be immune, then I better learn how to handle it. I better learn how to handle it. And the Bible tells us how Satan operates. Remember, temptation is never a sin. It's giving in to that temptation that's a sin. Last week, we learned some different schemes that Satan used. I want to give you one more this morning. I think it's very important this morning that you understand. Let me give you a little statement up front, though, because I, I think you need to hear this. This is really brilliant. Temptation is tempting. You might want to write that down. You'll never forget that. You know, what, what, if you're going to go on a diet and your husband, what's he bring home? He'd he been to Cinnabon. Sin a bun. That's as good as hot now, right? I'm driving by there. Temptation is what? It's tempting. See, temptation, you'll see in a moment, it is always pleasurable up front. Nobody shows you the end result. Nobody shows you the end result. So look at this, and I want you to write this this scheme of Satan. Here it is. Satan and sin promise satisfaction. They promise freedom. But they actually, both of those, bring bondage and death. If Satan said to you, if you do this, you'll wish you'd have never done it. It's going to destroy your marriage, your family, your job, your life. If you do this, it's going to be really great up front, but it's going to destroy you. We wouldn't do it. Notice this verse. Paul starts with the kind of his common statement. Don't you realize? Some of you this morning don't realize. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? There's only two choices. Follow God or follow Satan. You say, well, Pastor Mark, there's a third one. I follow myself. No, if you follow yourself, you're deceived. You're following Satan. There's only two kingdoms. You're not a king. 
Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin and Satan, which leads to death. Okay, I'll choose that. No, you wouldn't. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Now, many of you have not heard this because you've not been in church. But many of you that have been in church all your life, you know this. Here's the story. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you want to pay. I want you to think about this. King David, one night was on his, in his palace and he walked out on the little porch. And he saw Bathsheba down below. It's easy. I've been to where his palace was and it's very simple to look down. You're just outside. And there's Bathsheba. She's bathing. Well, men... One of the great things God put him in is visual. He's attracted. That's temptation. But he follows through with that, brings her to the palace, commits adultery, has her husband killed, and then lives a year without admitting he sinned. He eventually was forgiven by God, but it destroyed much of his family all down through the generations who followed their dad's pattern. They didn't have to. They just chose to. I want to ask you a question. When David knew that, as he looked back on his life, if you take David back to this scene and he's looking down at Bathsheba, how many times out of a thousand, if this happened, would David, knowing what would happen, how many times would David look down at Bathsheba and go, that's great, but I can't go there and walk right back into the palace? How many out of a thousand times do you think David would walk back in? 1,000 times. You see, sin is progressive. Special Mark, what are we talking Sin is progressive? Yeah, you're deceived. All we see is the upfront, all of us. We don't see the end result. And I want to I share with you something about pornography that you don't know. There is a progression of Pornography. I know this from Josh McDowell. I know it from many of the, the officers, uh, all kinds of sheriff people uh, and, and amazing people that work in this stuff all day long that come to this church. Pornography is positive. If you're a drug person, usually drugs, you just need more to satisfy you. You need more and more and more. Pornography is different. Pornography, you don't need more. You need different. I want to give you a scenario that you've never thought about. We start with pornography, man or woman. The next thing we have is we're unsatisfied with our marriage, so there's going to be an affair. You'll see that. Then there's adultery with that. If you're not married, just an affair. Then there's threesomes. Two isn't enough. Then there's orgies, group parties. Fun, lots of fun. Then there's... Well, it's got to be different. So instead of a man loving a woman, now a man's going to love a man. And a woman's going to love a woman. There's, his, there's homosexuality and lesbianism. And then it goes to some place you don't even want to think about. But the Bible talks about it very clearly in the Old Testament 6,000 years ago. Bestiality. Because it's different. You say, Pastor Mark, three just go to the Internet. Don't go to the Internet. <laughs> You'll find it everywhere. You'll find it, it gross. And here's the end result that you don't understand. It then leads to a man or woman looking at little children. 
Child pornography. And what does that lead to? Looking is not enough. We must act it out. And there is our world today filled with child predators. Where did it come from? A simple look long ago. Pastor Mark, do we have any child predators in this community? Filled with them. After your children. How did that happen? Just one look that never realized the end result. That's the end result today. There's where we're at. Well, when Satan begins to target, he targets everybody. We talked about that already. Temptations for all of us. But he targets some special ones. I want to give you some of those this morning. Here's the first thing to write. Number one target, those who are young in the faith. Brand new people. People are just thinking about becoming Christians. Satan targets them. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4, if you will. Mark chapter 4. You've been there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just one couple behind that. Mark 4. And let me give you the scenario in verse 14 and 15. Now, I'll show you how this works, and then I'll read it to you. Mark chapter 4. Let me just explain this to you. In this parable, Jesus says this. And watch me at all the campuses, watch online, it makes a lot of sense to you. Jesus says somebody's going out and, and, and they're, they're casting seed, they're planting seed by the roads. And they're hoping for that seed to grow. Well, in the parable, the seed is the word of God. So as I read this, you'll see this morning, I'm casting seed out. And I'm hoping to find good soil in your heart. You're kind of like thinking about it and, and it's going to grow. And so when that begins to happen... And watch who interferes with this process. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Now the farmer, or the pastor, he sows the word. By the way, it's supposed to go to a person's heart, not just their head. Now some people who hear this, some people are like seed along the path where the, where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, so they've heard the word, in a church or a television program or radio or friend, they've heard the word. As soon as they hear it, look at this. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and steals away the word that was sown in them. You see, Satan hates the word. And he's right there to snatch truth away from the person that just listened to it. Now, I want you to look at me and understand what I'm going to say to you. Right here on every campus, every single week, as I'm teaching, Satan is right here and he's snatching the word out of your heart. He doesn't want you to change a new believer for sure. Because that new believer, if he gets it, is going to leave his kingdom and come to the kingdom of God. So where does Satan start? New believers just hearing the word. He comes and he snatches it away. Lots of different reasons. Well, I'm not sure that's really true. Can that re- can I, my life really be changed? And they say this. And, 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 what am I going to eat for lunch today? Man, he just mentioned Cinnabon. That's most of you Christians that went there. You've already lost me for the rest of the time. Do you understand? But So you say, is that really happening here at our campuses? One of the things I pray for every week when I pray, 
is God make good soil in the hearts of people. I, I can't change you, but God's word's alive. But Satan knows it. Now, when you're thinking that's happening, what's he do? He's trying to steal it. So what do we do to offset that? What do I do to offset that? That's why we have the 101 to the 701 classes. You see, when you're a new believer, you need to learn that the very first thing that's going to happen to you after you accept Christ, after you come up, and those of you that come up this morning at all our campuses, you'll come over to this side or wherever your pastor is, and I'll shake your hand. We'll take you back, give you a little Bible, and then just give you some information. Here's classes. You want to get water baptized. Here's some things. No pressure. We don't have a membership, none of that kind of stuff. We just want to say to you, you're a baby. You're a brand new believer. You need us to help you. We're not going to send you to the Grand Canyon alone. We're going to be there with you. If you want, it's your choice. So we have a 101 to the 701 class. And you need to get into that so you can begin growing because the very first thing that's going to happen to you when you become a believer, it's going to be great. Your sins are gone. Then the next day, two or three days, you're going to come back to somebody and go like, everything's falling apart in my life. I thought this was supposed to be good. Well, who caused those things to fall apart? Satan. You have to understand it. And you can overcome it. Praise God. We have lots of men's studies, women's studies, communities. They're growing. They're not allowing Satan to do what? Steal the word away. They're, they're, they're going to come against him. They're going to allow this really happen. That's why we encourage these new believers to get into small groups so they can learn. Now, I want you to take that down and I want you to look at me because I'm going to get right in your face. You'll understand this. What did Peter say to us? Watch out because Satan's like a lion. How does the lion operate if he can? When a whole group of gazelles go by, how, what does the lion look for? You know what he looks for. He looks for the what? The weak and the young. And he looks for one more thing. Somebody that got separated from the pack. <sighs> Nobody around. <laughs> Done. How many times? Have I tried to say to you as a loving pastor, if you don't get into a small group, Satan will snatch you. And I see so many people that have been supposedly Christians for so long. Their walk is useless. They rarely come to church. Nothing's really happening. And there's a million excuses. It's because they never understood that Satan has won in their life. And they become carnal and useless in the kingdom of God. One of the things we read through the Bible is together. Together here, but together in a small group. Can I challenge you again? Get yourself in a small group. He said, Pastor Mark, it doesn't happen today. I've been doing this for 50 years. If you get it, you'll grow. You'll be mature. If you don't get it, many of you will not ever be here again. You'll eventually just walk off. Find another church. Find somewhere where nobody gets in your face. It sounds all pretty and nice. I say it with love, but he's after you. You say, well, I can defeat him. Deceived. You can't defeat him. We need to be together. Could I hear an amen? We need, we need to be together. Now, he not only targets those who are young in the faith. Number two, write it down. He targets those who are simply young in age. David says it like this. How can a young person stay pure by obeying the word of God? Let me tell you 
how Satan works in 30 years or under, even our kids in our homes. I'm going to read you a little bit, just a couple of them this morning, from the Adolescent Health Journal. Adolescent Health Journal. Adolescent. And here's what they say. Due to prolonged exposure to pornography, here's what goes through the mindset of those young children that don't even know it yet, all the way to the teens and the 20 and 30s. Here's what goes through their minds. There's diminished trust between intimate couples. They're married, they go like, well, if I'm doing this, she's probably doing this, and there's not much. There's an abandonment of hope of sexual monogamy. They come in here that, no, it should be one man and one woman for life. Well, that's, that can't happen. That's not a real world. Listen to this one. There's a belief that promiscuity is a natural state. It's okay. Almost 50% of men and women in the United States say pornography is okay. And yet if a child predator moves in their neighborhood, what do they say? Well, no. They don't understand. They're deceived. You say, Pastor Mark, are people really listening to this? And is it really changing what they believe? Absolutely. A belief that abstinence and sexual inactivity are unhealthy. Our young kids are going, you're 19 and you're a guy and you're talking to a friend at college, you're a freshman. They say, hey, you going to have a little part of it and get laid tonight? What? You're, a, you're a virgin at night? What is wrong with you? That's the norm today. A 14-year-old girl. You, you've not had oral sex yet? What, what is wrong with you? You see, all of that happens. Listen to this. A belief that marriage, once you're married, it's sex, sexually confining. Really? You see the new series that's out on ABC? It's called Mistresses. If you're watching it, you're foolish. Because it's all about four women who are married who are simply having constant affairs. And what does that say to an unbelieving world? Well, that looks exciting. My marriage isn't too... That looks really good. Wow. They never see the end. So as parents, that's the belief that's coming up because of our system. So number one, as a parent, you, you should be watching what your children are looking at on the Internet. You should put the blockers on there. Number two, you should be watching your children and youth, what they're watching on TV and the movies. By the way, much of TV uh, doesn't have to be HBO. You can't even watch it anymore. Because it's, it's basically all garbage that we would never believe in the lifestyle. But the longer we remember the frog that goes into the water, pretty soon it, it just cooked to death. Because we just, ah, look at that, that's cool. We never even think about it. And number three, as you think about all of those, there's one more thing I want to ask you to do. Watch the friends of your kids. We want to have ungodly friends, that's normal, but be careful. Because we're supposed to be light and salt. Sin is pleasurable. Everyone knows that. That is one of Satan's lies that he tells us. It's going to be fun. It's going to make you popular. You'll be the coolest person if you do this. But Satan won't tell you the whole truth. He doesn't tell you how giving into that temptation will only bring bondage and death. Pastor Mark warned us that Satan targets everyone, but he really zeroes in on those who are young in the faith and young in age. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge parents and grandparents to invest in their children's lives. Not because you have to, but because you get to. You have a great opportunity to teach your young children God's Word so that as they grow, they will have the necessary weapons to fight against Satan. You will be their front line in the battle against Satan as you teach them God's Word. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer. Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world new hope he is giving Lord let us hear your lessons